0: fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. at cbsi.com Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
1: Let's go! And I'll hear some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. In 2017, Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry combined for 23 red zone targets. That would have been the second most among one tight ty- you know, for one tight end behind Jimmy Graham. Does that matter? Will Hunter Henry get all the red zone fun this year, or was that a worthless stat to start the show? I certainly hope not. Welcome, everybody. This is Fantasy Football Today. I am Adam Azer with Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, and Heath Cummings. Heath here to talk about his Dynasty tight end rankings. We'll also talk PPR. Guys, did I start the show with something good or something worthless?
2: I thought that was a fun stat. Did that stat
3: come from Dave?
1: It did no, only,
3: only terrible stats come from me. How how are Gates and Henry against the run?
1: Okay. Inside joke alert. Yes, we uh <laughs> I'm not even gonna explain the inside joke. Instead, how about Heath Cummings taking Le'Veon Bell over Todd Gurley in in our PPR draft? Awesome. Any other You're reactions? you're
0: you're you're a big regression guy. So I'm taking that as you thinking that Gurley can't possibly do what he did last year, and so you're just gonna go with the next best running back.
2: I think that they are both really awesome. I think if they both play 16 games, Le'Veon Bell will have more PPR fantasy points than Todd Gurley will. How
0: confident are you that Le'Veon will play 16? I'm not extremely confident. Okay. I'm just how confident are you that Todd Gurley will play 16?
2: Not extremely confident. I
0: see. So you feel the same way about both. Interesting. Okay.
1: Le'Veon Bell caught 21 more passes than Todd Gurley, but Todd Gurley averaged four and a half more yards per catch and had more yards than Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I don't had, think he'll repeat that. Yeah, he also had four more receiving touchdowns and four more rushing touchdowns. And uh, what's about 50, 40 points better than Bell in PPR. But this year, Heath Cummings thinks it'll be on Bell's year to be uh, the number one running back in point per reception. Um Also, as Jamie notes, and you can read about uh, this draft on our website, Jamie, by the end of round three, only four owners had multiple running backs on their roster in this 12-team PPR league. Only four teams had multiple running backs. Wow.
3: Yes, and uh, there was one owner picking number two overall who uh, lucked into Todd Gurley that (laughs) uh, started his team running back, running back, running back. Uh, So uh, I, I highlighted his team. And then there were two teams that did not draft a running back in the first three rounds, myself and Chris Towers.
0: Would you say he lucked into a running to Todd Gurley or he was forced to take Todd Gurley? Both. Oh, okay.
1: And all three of the running backs that this owner took had more than fifty catches last year. And one of them did that without being in a feature role, and that was Jarek McKinnon, who I'm assuming we project for more than fifty catches this year. Yes. Yeah.
0: So the yeah. Uh, yeah, right yeah. about there.
1: Yeah. I'll
0: take the over. I think like sixty five would surprise me.
3: Uh our site projections, which I would actually agree with, uh sixty six catches. No, I'd uh, be surprised.
1: How many running backs caught fifty balls last year?
0: Fourteen.
1: Oh Dave. Steel, Thunder Steeler, Dave Richard. Yeah. How
0: many done that before? You've mentioned the stat on
1: this podcast. (laughs) Well, I forgot. I had no idea. Thankful that you remember. Well, Heath, you're never out. So yeah, 14 running backs, uh, caught 50 passes last year. Um, all right. So we're going to get into that draft in a bit. We have some news out of Tampa Bay on their running backs and a wide receiver. We've got a T.Y. Hilton note, a Robbie Anderson note and a guy named Forrest Lamp who well, we know Forrest Lamp, who has a great name and who had knee surgery in the off season. First, uh, here's an email of the day from Matt from Long Island. Email at at com. Dear Bob, Gene, Teddy, and Louise. Louise. Bob's Burgers. That would be Bob's Burgers, Dave. Yeah. Speak up next time with conviction. All right. With the Cleveland Browns now being selected as the hard knocks team this year, is there any evidence from past years of overdrafting? The Browns offense is garnering plenty of hype, but is the price going to jump with people being able to watch their camp to absurd levels that makes them less valuable for the price.
0: I remember when the Bengals were on hard knocks and people went crazy for Giovanni Bernard and Tyler Eifert that year. And if I recall, they, they paid, paid off. Were,
2: they were really good.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so here's here's the last uh But it it, it upped their price in the drafts. Here's the last five teams on hard knocks. The Bucks last year, maybe Jameis got pushed up a little bit because of it. I don't think anybody else really. Mike Evans was already going high. I, I don't think he got
0: pushed up because of Hard Knocks. I think he got pushed up because people thought he was going to break out.
3: I think it was probably hand-in-hand. Hand. Uh, the Rams the year before.
1: Well, wait, wait, or, well, what about Doug Martin last year?
3: I don't know if he really changed so much.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But he definitely was um,
3: hyped. The Rams the year before, it was really only Gurley. That was the year he was a bust. Jared Goff didn't know which way the sunset. Um <laughs> The Texans in 2015, that was Foster when he got hurt, his last year with them.
1: Mm-hmm. That was the Hopkins' big year, but that kind of surprised people, right? He was like a third-round pick that year.
3: Yeah, I don't know if that was a surprise. And then the 2014 season was the Falcons. I don't really recall anybody from that year getting pushed up dramatically
1: now there's gonna forget about hard knocks that there's going to be a lot of brown type this year a lot and uh, I do wonder if they're gonna get pushed up let's take a look at where the Browns went in this draft Josh Gordon went with the sixth pick of round three so right around 30th overall Jarvis Landry went three picks later 33rd overall 36 35 yeah 33rd overall so how about Gordon and Landry going 30th and 33rd overall
0: I'm not that surprised by it I don't think that's too high. Yeah, nor am I surprised by Gordon going ahead of Landry in a PPR.
1: Right. And they went just before Adam Thielen, Julian Edelman, and Larry Fitzgerald. Also, can't wait to defend my Julian Edelman pick with the greatest stat of all time when Heath rips apart my Julian Edelman pick in the third round. Um All right, thank you for the email. There will definitely be some Browns hype, but they would have had hype regardless of hard knocks. And I will probably go another year without watching Hard Knocks because I do not have HBO. There you go. News and notes. Robbie Anderson is having felony charges against him dismissed. And when I do our drafts, I always see Dave Richards rankings. Robbie Anderson is higher than, uh, than Dave and Jamie, than Jamie and Heath's rankings. Uh, we have talked about this, but Dave, would you briefly like to discuss why you seem to be the high guy on Robert Anderson?
0: I think they're, the Jets are going to play from behind quite a bit. And if he was able to get by last year and Put up the numbers that he did with Josh McCown and the rest of the crappy quarterbacks they had. He can probably do it again this year with Josh McCown and Sam Darnold, and it'll probably be just those two guys for the Jets. Where do you have Anderson?
1: Yeah, I don't actually think that you are that high on him. At least not in standard. In P- yeah, now everybody's pretty much the same on him, like low end number three. So I apologize, but um, but he's still, he's... I still
0: like him. Like I, I will still,
3: I will still look his way. In round seven-ish. Okay. That'd be the earliest that he's gone in any of the mock drafts that we've taken. So, um, I, I think you're still going to see a suspension for him from the 2017 situation that he dealt with. Uh, because it's still multiple infractions with the law. So he's probably still looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of two games, be my guess. Uh, plus, what he did last year, he did with so little competition on the field around him. Quincy and nun was going to take away targets. Terrell Pryor will take away targets. Hopefully, they get our Darius Stewart involved a little bit more. Um, I think they'll run the ball a little bit better. So, uh, I think Robbie Anderson's much more suited as a number three receiver than a number two guy.
1: Ryan Tannehill, not expected to have any limitations in OTAs, according to the Miami Herald. Tampa Bay is splitting reps between Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber, and Charles Sims. Uh, Jamie, your reaction to this is they want Sims on passing downs at Tampa Bay.
3: That's the indication, according to their office coordinator. So, um, we talked about this on the last show. You know, why would they bring back Charles Sims to be involved in the passing game. So I, I don't think it's a full season situation. I would imagine that, you know, it's gonna take Ronald Jones some time to learn their pass protecting schemes. Uh remember that was a big part, speaking of hard knocks, that was a big part of Jeremy McNichols and why he couldn't stick with the the team and it was eventually cut. He he was having a hard time, you know, understanding what to do on the field. And so obviously Ronald Jones, the investment in him is gonna you know significant enough that they want him to be their their at least hopefully their every down guy. But um, I mean Sims, before he started dealing with the injuries two years ago, was a 500-500 guy. Uh, I think he had 40 plus catches that year, if I'm not mistaken, in 2016. So he was uh, a, a very good in that role, you know. And, and we know teams don't want to overwork the running backs all the time. So I think you got to take into account that, and they they still want to get Peyton Barber some touches too. So while Ronald Jones has a, a huge ceiling and, and very high upside, just take that into account when you're doing your dynasty drafts and, and certainly your season longings.
1: And your PPR drafts, for that matter. Ronald Jones went 39th overall in our 12-team PPR draft. Too soon. Too soon?
0: Who did he go ahead of?
1: Jordan Howard, Derrick Henry. Not a lot of running, but he went right after Joe Mixon and Alex Collins. Then it was Ronald Jones. Then Jordan Howard, just looking at running backs, Jordan Howard, uh, Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram. That's kind of a wide receiver round. I don't think he – I would take Howard ahead of him.
2: I I and we're gonna talk about my favorite pick a little bit later, but I would like to know what kind of odds I can get on Lamar Miller having more yards than Ronald Jones this year. More total yards?
3: Especially if Foreman's hurt. It's open season.
1: Uh we will talk about your favorite picks shortly. So T. Y. Hilton, Chris Godwin, by the way, is so Chris Godwin's what, a starting wide receiver? Is like the number two wide receiver for Tampa Bay right now? No. He's
3: probably the number three. He's probably the number four, actually, but I think he uh, is, yeah. He's, uh, right now, if you were to look at their depth chart, it's Mike Evans, obviously, is one, Deshaun Jackson's two, Humphreys is their slot receiver, and so Godwin is fourth. But I thought when last year ended, I thought they were going to cut ties with Deshaun Jackson and get cheaper, um, go with Godwin as their, their second starter, which I think there's a, there's, based on, you know, the, the, what I saw when retweeting it, there's a lot of people that were in favor of that. Um, but it's just a matter of, they want to get him on the field in some capacity, so uh, it, it's clearly not going to come at the expense of Evans. So, will they, you know, try and move somebody around that's not necessarily accustomed to playing in the slot in the slot, or will they take Deshaun Jackson off the field at some point, so, or, or play four receivers, which takes them out of their two tight end set?
0: Right, and they've committed so much to their two tight end formation that I'd I'd be surprised if they got away from that. And they committed to Mike Evans. Obviously, they're not taking him off the field. They Dirk Cutter spoke about Deshaun Jackson positively this offseason, expressing regret over how he and Jameis couldn't really get on the same page. And that's a, a big thing that they're going to work
2: on this offseason and well into training camp is, is getting them in a rhythm. Adam, this is something we talked about with on the Fantasy Baseball podcast in the preseason with certain teams having too many guys. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have too many guys. It's a good thing for Jameis. But they I mean, we talked about the running backs. They've got four wide receivers we expect to be involved. And they've got two tight ends that are going to eat into each other's production. I think it's great for Jameis. I don't believe it's good for anyone else. I'm seeing Godwin with
0: 87 snaps in the slot last year. It's a start, because if he's, if he's truly he's going to get on the him. field, he's, he's going to have to knock off Humphries. Not Jackson, not Evans,
3: not the two tight ends. Yeah, heads. I mean, it makes, it makes total That's sense. Where he's going to It makes total sense. It's almost, uh you know, Heath, when you were saying it, it's almost like the Patriots. You know, when everybody's healthy, there's just so many guys there. But... They find a way to sometimes make it work. (laughs) The problem is that I don't think it's going to work out for fantasy purposes with Godwin unless
0: Jackson gets hurt, one of the tight ends gets hurt. God forbid Mike Evans goes down. No, but he's
3: he's, he's an excellent, excellent, if you're in a startup dynasty or he's still somehow available because Jackson's not going to be on the team past 2018. And so whatever they do, he's going to potentially be a starter with Jameis opposite Evans for hopefully several years.
1: My least favorite contract of the season for fantasy purposes was Cameron Brate's definitely wanted him out want oj howard to just go nuts i still think that he could put up big numbers uh, i seem to be the only one drafting oj howard and you know he was such a highly touted prospect coming out of college and a first round pick last year so i still have high hopes for him but yes i think it was 6 years 41 million dollars for breate with about 18 million guaranteed at least that's what it says according to this old report
3: so adam adam asked me during the draft yesterday why am i so low on oj howard and I ran down several of the things we just talked about and I said in the in the course of it that Cameron Brait is better. So what did Adam reply to me? I disagree with you on the Brait thing, big guy. And big I said, guy. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Wow, you dropped a big guy on me.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Adam, I was I was totally I had I had Howard as a top twelve tight end in my initial rankings right after yep. last year. And then they signed that contract and I just I just sunk him and Brait both.
1: Yeah. By the way, I went to college. I went to high school with a kid, Seth. Seth, if you're listening, hello. Uh, and he always used to go, "Okay, big guy." That was his thing, and he became like known around school. People would go, "Okay, big guy," like to imitate him. So we could bring that onto the show. I could, I could sarcastically say, "Okay, big guy." I could. You are the you one
2: guy, guy that could call just about everybody. Yeah, big <laughs> <it's true. laughs> it is
1: true. It is true. I basically, if you look at me, I'm basically wearing a baby tee today. I have uh, one of the short. Like, you, you wouldn't be able to fit this shirt like around your face. It is.
3: I, I still think one of the funniest things is that, uh, when I was, uh, a very young, young child, Smart. I was a Hurricanes fan growing up and I gave Adam some of my clothing from my middle school days <laughs> and he still wears that shirt. I do. I day. do. I wear
1: it. I wear it a lot. All right. Couple more notes here. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is having a great off season according to the Indianapolis star. He's giving everything he's got to the new coaching staff
3: can he throw? Chargers offensive lineman Forrest Wait, Lamp. Wait, they gave they gave the Colts a uh, a written test on uh things with the offense and Andrew Luck's question was can you throw? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else had the same question, can Andrew Luck throw? And then they all failed. <laughs>
1: uh, and Forrest Lamp, okay, minor procedure on his knee according to the NFL Network. He's coming back from a knee injury and there's nothing imminent between Des Bryant and the Packers according to Ian Rappaport. So, let's PPR it. Uh, we're not going to go through the draft round by round like we usually do because we have to talk dynasty, and we just did that two day, two shows ago with our standard scoring draft. So what I want to know, the, your favorite pick on your team, your favorite pick on someone else's team, your least favorite on your team, your least favorite on someone else's team, and then your favorite team. Also, we could just talk about your strategy. We should probably talk about that, your strategies from the spots you picked. Heath, the guy who never has a strategy, you had the number one overall pick. What was your strategy?
2: You're still like you acknowledge the fact (laughs) that you know I'm not going to give you an answer to that question, and then you ask me the question anyway because it's a a a
1: fake answer. Like you obviously have a strategy. You know you have a running back with your first pick. In your mind, there has to be something that you're thinking about with picks two and three.
2: I'm thinking. I wonder who's going to be there at two and three.
1: I'm always thinking that, but you're thinking. You're not thinking. Oh, I better come away with at least one wide receiver with my next two picks.
2: No. If if there had been a running back I wanted, I could have taken a running back and a tight end. I could have taken possibly two running backs. I No.
1: Fine. (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) Sorry. Heath, what was uh, your your favorite pick on your team?
2: Uh, It was easily Lamar Miller with the first pick of the seventh round, especially because I took Melvin Ingram at the 4-5 turn, and I just think Lamar Miller may be the absolutely perfect running back to pair with Mark Ingram. I don't believe really very often you'll be able to get both of those guys in using a – fifth and a seventh round pick maybe in some drafts you'll be able to take Miller in the fifth and Ingram in the seventh but um, yeah because I don't have much doubt that the first month of the season Lamar Miller is going to be the guy in Houston I think there's a pretty good chance he's the guy all year we've tried to write him off before he's not exciting but he's going to get a ton of touches in that offense Does,
3: does it bother you bringing back Alfred Blue from how they closed the season last year that Blue was the guy that they were using. Not because really. I, I I tend to agree with you. I think in the early part of the season, while Foreman's working his way back, that they're gonna lean on Lamar Miller and Blue a little bit more. Now I, I I'm in the camp of Lamar Miller I stinks. And, you know, he he's like I I've tried to defend him year after year, and it's just it's impossible at this point. So I think with what the only encouraging thing is that his numbers were better when Deshaun Watson was healthy. Oh yeah. But if Foreman's right, I mean, you know, I asked Bill O'Brien at the owner's meetings whether he's being truthful or not. You know, they want to get Foreman more work. Uh, I, I think, again, bringing back Alfred Blue, it's Sims conversation we had about Charles Sims. They bring these guys back for reason because these old school coaches like to trust guys that they trust. And Alfred Blue, for whatever reason, doesn't hurt them, at least in their mind. And actually played pretty well last year when he got the chance toward the end of the season. And it's,
0: it's almost like they'll tolerate Blue, they'll tolerate Miller, but they really want Foreman.
2: I think they do, but they really want the Foreman from last year. And we don't have a guarantee that like the injury he suffered is one of the worst still for offensive players to try to come Any back player. from. I can't I can't think of an offensive player that came back from the Achilles and was just as good as he was before.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's fair. I mean... So let's, who was next? Dave, you had the, what, fifth pick? I picked fifth. Yeah. What was your strategy and what was your favorite pick?
0: I'm, I'm far more comfortable taking receivers in a PPR for the obvious reason that they get points for every catch they get. So it definitely gives them a little more strength. Yet I could not pass on Ezekiel Elliott with the fifth overall choice, mm. who I think is going to be a total touch monster in Dallas. So took him in round one and then I, I, Didn't want to take another running back too soon. I really wanted to try and experiment with getting a bunch of pass catchers and just decided to focus on that for as long as I could until I felt like there was a reasonable value at running back.
1: Yeah, I mean, you might get, what, 30? You might get 35, 40 catches out of Zeke. He had 26 in 10 games.
0: We all know how bad this receiving core is for Dallas.
1: So you took Zeke and Gronkowski with your first two picks. That's pretty interesting. And then, without going through your whole team, your next two picks were wide receivers, Demarius and who was it in round four? Allen Robinson. Okay, what was your favorite pick of yours?
0: My favorite pick was Ben Roethlisberger in round 10 with honorable mention Kelvin Benjamin in round 12. I know Benjamin's got knee issues, quarterback issues, offense issues, but to get a, a number one receiver in a PPR league in round 12 Guy that's got a chance at getting over 120 targets. Guy with some good touchdown potential. I'll take that. Roethlisberger's a stud. I know that there's concerns about him being on the road. He was better on the road last year than in years prior. And I think with the way that that offense is shaping up, he could be very good this year.
1: Okay. Jamie, which pick did you have? What was your strategy?
3: I had the seventh pick. I was, uh, shocked beyond belief that DeAndre Hopkins fell to seven. So I was thrilled with that. I was expecting to go running back, receiver, receiver, uh, most likely at least, depending on which running backs are there in round three. I anticipated taking receiver in round two. Um, but to see Hopkins there just kind of made things a little bit easier for me to uh, start out taking two receivers, which I took Devontae Adams in the second round. And then Zach Ertz was there in the third round, so that was relatively easy as well. So uh, as we talked about, um, I was one of two owners that, did not take a running back in the first three rounds.
1: Yeah, so if you're out there in a PPR league and this is a two-receiver PPR league, there is a flex as well, so you can start three, two running backs, two receivers, flex, tight end, kicker, defense, quarterback. Uh, and you want to start receiver, receiver. Jamie took Hopkins and Devonte Adams, and uh, th- and the thing is, like, yeah, he was he was fortunate. I don't know, fortunate. He was happy to get Hopkins seventh overall. Zeke uh, and Alvin Kamara were the two picks before Hopkins. And then he got Devontae Adams in the middle of round two, which is pretty realistic. But after that, I assume if Adams had been off the board, you, you would not have taken Tyree Kill there, right? Cause he was the next wide no. receiver. No. Yeah.
3: No, no, I like Baldwin better than Tyree Kill this year, so. And you wouldn't have uh, gone
1: Baldwin in the middle of in round, round two. Not round two. Right?
3: No. Right. I probably would have taken, uh, uh, just looking at it. I probably would have taken Dalvin Cook or Gronk.
1: So you got two of the top, what is it, seven or eight, like elite receivers. Yeah. And, and, okay. And then, then he took Earths, so he didn't even take a running back around three, and his running backs Jordan Howard and uh, Rashad Penny were his next picks, and Marlon Mack, Jordan Howard, Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny, Marlon Mack, and those are his, his first three running backs. So, it's yeah, I was, great. Very, I was very fortunate. Yeah, for, it's real good.
3: for the guys I have where I have them ranked and and where they fell. I, I was uh, I was rather thrilled with how this draft unfolded. I don't expect. Jordan Howard, even in PPR, to be there in round four um, in most drafts, but uh, he's probably a middle to the end of round three guy in this format. So to get him in, in the fourth round, um, I like I said I was I was rather fortunate with that.
0: I like your bench receivers too, so you don't you don't have to commit to Marlon Mack as your flex. Right, Pierre Garcon, Jamison Crowder, high catch guys. Garcon particularly should be nice this year, bounce back
3: year for him. So uh, you you've got options for your flex, which are good.
1: Jamie, what's your favorite pick on your team?
3: It was Howard. I mean, you know, again, just to have him in the in the fourth round. Uh, I'm going to look real quick where he finished last year among running backs. But um, yes, yeah, so you know, it was
1: interesting because I, I was thinking about taking him. I picked before you in round four, and I took Alex Collins over Jordan Howard. I don't know if I had a great reason for it. I just the the arrow not really pointing up right now for Jordan Howard. He had a bad it's year. It's almost even. They had a bad year, but the, the arrow seems to be pointing up on Tariq Cohen, which is the, not good for Howard in PPR. He had, he had 23 catches last year in 16 games.
3: Yeah, I, I still would expect him to be around 20 catches. I don't think that's going to fall off dramatically. And, you know, it, it's funny, a down year for a guy that had, you know, 1,200 total yards and, and nine touchdowns. Right. So, uh, and again, you know, if, if you're going to say 200 and, you know, he was over 300 or 299 carries, 299 touches last year, I, I'd be surprised if he's not 280 plus little touches and again to get a guy like that in the fourth round with an offense that we're all expecting to be better to what level that depends on your personal preference but I mean he's been at this level for three years in a in relatively or two years in in a uh, in a relatively bad offense you know so if if the the system the players everything around him you know you look at the talent that the Bears have added it, it should lend to Howard still being in this same range
1: Okay, let's do least favorite picks, uh, on our squad. Uh, no, favorite pick on someone else's team. First we'll do that. Uh, Heath, your favorite pick on someone else's team.
2: It was a two-way tie. Dave already talked about one of them. My favorite pick I thought was Kelvin Benjamin going in the 12th round. I think that's just absolute robbery. And even if you, I, I don't think he's going to be bad, but if he just plays on a team that's going to have to throw the ball, He's going to be worth that cost. But also Chris Towers getting Hunter Henry at the very end of the fifth round. And there were I think there were some comments in the draft room about man, you really love Hunter Henry this year. I think that was too late. Like you look at what they have done using the tight end in the past and Gates is finally gone. I have been tempted to rank him ahead of Zuckerts. Yeah,
3: I'm I'm right there with you. I I actually have a tough keeper decision to make where uh one league gets to keep four guys after the thirteenth round. And it's uh, PPR with uh, your your first doesn't start to count until after your third catch. But in, in any event, I have DeAndre Hopkins, Julian Edelman, and Jarvis Landry are three guys that I'm keeping for sure. And the fourth one I'm debating is Hunter Henry and Allen Robinson. And my only concern about Henry is what happens when Rivers is gone, which is you know potentially two years away. But I think it's it's almost a no brainer. The more I talk myself into it, just what Hunter Henry's upside is.
1: I'm just looking at Hunter Henry's. Do me a favor and just do 16 times uh times 7 if you wouldn't mind. I'm looking 16
2: times 7 mm-hmm. is 112.
1: 112. Okay, so he could yeah, easily get he, he could get 112 targets. So, in the games in which Hunter Henry got 7 or more targets, he had 7 catches for 80 yards. It's a really good game. He had 3 for 42 and a touchdown. He had 5 for 90. He had 7 for 81. And that those are it. Those are the only four games. He was good every single time. In fact, he was good every time he got six or more targets. Well, Uh, yeah. The
2: the math's even easier than that. And Chris Towers brought this up a while back. But if you're saying he could get 112 targets easily, he has 115 targets in his career. Hmm. 81 catches, 1,057 yards, and 12 touchdowns.
1: Am I being that? That actually is a lot of targets for a tight end. He could get a hundred.
2: They they pretty regularly throw the ball to their tight ends. I've got it here. I think like 150 times. Yeah. So I, I don't know who else is going to take 60 targets if he's only getting 90 of them.
3: 112 targets would put him third at the position last year. There was uh, 123 for Kelsey, 115 for Evan Ingram, and 111 for Delaney Walker. There were six tight ends with over 100 targets.
1: Dave, your uh, favorite pick on another team.
3: I was
0: one pick away from getting Doug Baldwin. So that that's who I really would have loved to have stolen in round three. He went to R.J. White. Everybody remembers R.J. from when he was on the podcast several weeks ago. Uh, took Doug Baldwin. I had to settle for Demarius Thomas, mm-hmm. who's okay in a PPR. Not a bad third-round pick, but I would have much rather had
3: Baldwin.
1: All right. Jamie, your favorite pick on another team?
3: Uh, it's Matthew Stafford in round 12. Uh, Dave got great value on Roethlisberger. Uh, Jeremy Base, who's um, in charge of our fantasy sales and keeps Adam, um, his house, uh, paid for. <laughs> with suits and food and all these things, all the free stuff that Adam gets is because of Jeremy. Um, yeah, to get Stafford, at, and he waited. That wasn't his second quarterback. That was his first quarterback. So to get him in the 12th round is is just thievery.
1: Yeah, but I got Goff in the 13th round. That's that's better, right? As no. your starter? No. No, it's not my starter. Is it my starter? I don't think so.
0: I mean, you could start him. I could. Yeah.
1: No, I think I have Wentz. Yeah, I have Carson Wentz.
0: Well, you might need
1: Goff then exactly. to start the year. I love those quarterbacks this year. All right. Uh, this will be fun. Heath, your least. Oh, you're, I'm about to just crush you. Your least favorite pick, Heath.
2: Uh, somebody took <laughs> a 32 year old wide receiver that has never scored more than seven touchdowns in the third round. This receiver didn't even play football last year, has only played 22 games in the last three years combined. Julian Edelman in the third round to Adam Azer.
1: Happy to do it. I think it was a great pick. He was the 17th wide receiver off the board in this draft. Okay, I don't think it was a great pick. I think it was a fine pick. I will say that. 17th wide receiver off the board in this draft. I took him 35th overall. He, I think, based on his history, is a lock to get 90 catches. So you think
2: Gronk's going to get hurt?
1: No. Julian Edelman has been on a 90-catch pace pretty much every year in 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 like the last four years. Uh that's what he does. In fact, he should get more than that based on history, but he's coming off the injury. You know, if he's not healthy, then that's one thing. If he's healthy, if he's good to go, 90 catches seems like a cinch for Julian Edelman. So I looked at the last 5 years. There have been 46 wide receivers who have caught 90 or more passes in the last 5 years. That's among active wide receivers. It's not including Calvin Johnson or anyone else who may have retired. 46 wide receivers have 90 catches in the last 5 years. 45 of them have been top 17 wide receivers. And the only one who wasn't was Golden Tate in 2015. He had 90 catches for only 813 yards and 6 touchdowns. 45 out of 46 have been top 17. So I think he gets 90 catches. I think he's top 17. I took him as a 17th wide receiver. Take that, Heath Cummings!
2: I, I, Mic I drop. think that you are being very accurate about what Julian Edelman's ceiling is. I just... It's not his ceiling. I mean, the, the... No, it's his ceiling.
1: Why? Look at what he used to do. I mean, the last time we saw him, 2016.
2: He was wide receiver 14 or 17?
1: 15. 14, 15, okay. right? So, okay. 2015, he scored seven touchdowns in nine games. He was on pace to be a top seven wide receiver, number seven in PPR.
2: So you don't see any risk with his age and injury I, history?
1: Yeah, I do. But like, who, but who went right after him? Larry Fitzgerald. How is Larry Fitzgerald less risky than Julian Edelman?
2: Uh Larry Fitzgerald doesn't have Julian Edelman's injury history.
3: He's older and he's got a much worse quarterback.
2: That that part is true. He's got much less competition for targets as well.
3: Our our projections for Edelman as on the site are eighty six catches, a thousand twenty two yards, and five touchdowns. I think that's very, very safe. I That'll think that's be,
2: very, very safe as long as he plays sixteen games. I just I don't think we should view that as a
0: given.
3: That's on on 143 targets. You're right. He won't play 16 games. They're going to sit in week 17 when they have wrapped up the division.
0: (laughs) Last year, Golden Tate had 92 catches, 1,003 yards, and five touchdowns. So pretty close to the projection that you just read, Jamie. He finishes the number 14 receiver in full point per reception leagues.
1: Yeah, and last year was kind of a down year. Golden Tate is basically the guy who catches 90 balls every year and finishes last in points among that group, <laughs> as I've noticed. All right, uh, Dave, your least favorite pick on someone else's team.
0: My least favorite pick on someone else's team was Rashard Matthews at the end of round six. Sorry, Heath.
2: He's going to outscore Julian Edelman. <laughs> I, I
0: don't think he's going to outscore Julian Edelman,
2: and I, I feel like you took him a little too soon,
0: end of round six.
2: Well— Like, that's maybe true. I actually think I got him at a pretty good value, but I do understand by ADP he may have fallen a bit. But when you're picking where I was picking, I didn't feel comfortable thinking he was going to last 24 more picks. You you basically targeted him. This is somebody that you want to get on your team. He's—until we see Corey Davis do something on the football field, he's the number one wide receiver in Tennessee. Right, but— Corey Davis really didn't do a lot on the football field
0: last year, and Rashard Matthews had 795 yards and four touchdowns. He yeah. did. These guys so.
1: had more than four touchdowns once, and you're killing me for Edelman?
2: Well, I took him four rounds after
1: Edelman. Yeah, but you just said he's going to score more points Great. than Edelman.
2: I do think he will score more points than Edelman. I think he plays more games and scores more points.
3: He, he got hurt last year, too. He, that got was part a, of the he missed two games.
1: He missed two games last year. He missed five games in 2015. He missed two games in 2014. I don't know the circumstances. I'm not sure if they were all injuries. Probably weren't right. Maybe just inactive. Uh, which which? what twenty fourteen was at the Dolphins when he missed. Uh, he did miss some. 2015 was at the Dolphins too. 2015, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. You know what? I'm just gonna let my amazing stat speak for itself. Jamie, your least favorite pick on another team.
3: Uh, LeSean McCoy at the end of round two. Um. You know, Dave. Dave talked about you know his uh his potential for regression. Um. I I agree. I I, I still think McCoy is going to get a lot of work. I just didn't like to pick for a couple of reasons. One, because of how this owner uh, was the one that took three running backs in a row. Um, how, he, uh, how he started his team. So he could have taken a receiver there and then still got McKinnon in, in the third round. And I think that would have been a better situation or taking two receivers. But I just think it was a little too soon in this format to take McCoy.
0: He passed on McKinnon. He passed on Devontae Freeman. Uh, those are two running backs that I would definitely take ahead of him. Other people who really are down on Lashawn McCoy would probably rather have Kenyon Drake, Joe Mixon, Alex Collins, maybe even Ronald Jones, if you want to go that far. I think if you're going that
3: far, then no, you're nobody's just taking never those gonna, guys over. Like
0: right, McCoy. you're just you just don't. I, want I just on think
3: the team. that you know what was available to him at the time. Um, you know, both the the second and third options at tight end, if you wanted to go that route. Certainly, I, I like Kelsey better than McCoy in this format. Um, I like Baldwin better in this format. I, I I mean, it, it, it's nitpicking a little bit. I just think he's more of a round three pick. And, again, the way that he set up his team is really more the issue I have. If he knew he was going to take uh, a third running back early in round three, he should have taken a receiver in round two.
1: Do you guys want to kind of give – we're going to move on in a couple minutes to talk about Dynasty tight ends. I know we're not really going through this draft like we usually do, but there's plenty of time for it. It's only uh, May 17th. We might come back to it on uh, next week's show. Um, but – yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like we we did a draft there's, recap There's the last whole week. thing on the site. We, yeah. we have the whole recap. If you want to give some final thoughts, what, two picks though that I that I'd like to talk about: um, Jarvis Landry and Adam Thielen, back to back, 33rd and 34th overall, and they scare me quite honestly because the situations are changing for these guys, and it could not have been a it just could have been a better situation for Jarvis Landry. You know, he's been the best wide receiver on on the same team year after year. And he catches 100 balls, you know, consistently. Situation is so much different for him. He has a quarterback with a bad track record of getting other wide receivers involved. Um, of but course, Baker the, Mayfield's bad at that. Uh, okay, fair enough. It's going to be Baker Mayfield at some point too. And Adam Thielen, you know, he had 142 target, 143 targets last year. It's just a lot to ask for him to get close to that again. I think.
2: So, so those were taken two and three picks. Ahead of Julian Edelman, no, would you've taken Edelman over those guys?
1: One and two picks ahead, would I have taken Edelman over those guys? Controversially, I think I would have, but I would certainly understand being criticized for it. But I
3: like Edelman better than Landry. I mean, I'm probably with you, Adam. We're alone in this, but I, I think Edelman's situation is better than Landry's. And I like Jarvis Landry. I think he's. I, I don't necessarily think uh, the the team change is going to crush his value. Um, and and the quarterback thing. I mean. Think about all the quarterbacks he's played with in his career. He said Ryan Tannehill, Jay Cutler, Matt Moore. Are those guys at the stages that he's had them much different than Tyrod Taylor or Baker Mayfield? They
1: probably throw more than Tyrod Taylor. I don't know what the, see the I thing is, the thing is, I, hold on, I'm sorry. But they're going, they're going through a
2: system that throws the ball a lot. I right? don't that's want to say Tyrod Taylor was just refusing to throw the ball in both.
1: I don't want to say that I don't like to pick, sorry, if I came off the wrong way. I feel a lot of uncertainty. With Jarvis Landry and Adam Thielen. I just I, don't I, know I, how it plays
3: out. So when I when I was looking at this and, and the way that I kind of frame the story is a lot of what we've done our conversation about, you know, just the value of receiver versus running back. And this felt a little too soon for me to see Landry in the third round. I think he's more of a fourth round pick. Again, it's nitpicking. You know, it's, it's probably a few spots that he should have gone a little bit lower personally, but um I, I think he's going from the, the biggest concern for me with Landry is he, he scored nine touchdowns last year. That's not gonna happen unless Cleveland's just this offensive juggernaut. But he was in a contract year, and everything kind of worked out for him in that regard. He's still a guy that's averaged 100 catches per season. That's hard to overlook. And so if he goes from over 100 catches to, let's say, in the 80s, I kind of think that's where he'll be. So he'll be, if he's right around 10 yards per catch, again, I think he's almost similar to the Golden Tate numbers you threw out. He'll be around 85 to 90 catches. He'll be around 850 900 yards, and he's five to six touchdowns.
1: All right, let's talk dynasty tight ends. Fun stuff here. So, Heath, these are on the site, right?
3: They will be on the
2: site next week.
1: Next week, okay. I apologize, and uh, we're giving a little a
2: little preview.
1: Nice, good, good. Okay, so number one is not Rob Gronkowski. Who is it?
2: It is Travis Kelsey, and I. You, I mean, I understand if you want to take more of a year-to-year approach at tight end and go with Gronk, but. There's certainly uncertainty about—that was a nice phrase—certainly <laughs> uncertainty about Gronk's future. There's lots of questions about his health, and I would just prefer to have Kelsey. It's safer. It's much safer. Call it what it is. It's and, safer. And Kelsey's got plenty of upside.
1: Yeah. Guys, how do you feel about that? Dave, Jamie, who would you put make your number one dynasty tight end? Kelsey. Kelsey. Dave?
0: What both of these guys said. Okay. I'm I'm not sure Gronk is even my number two
1: Ooh. dynasty tight end. Who would be?
0: Well, Antonio Gates, of
3: course. <laughs> no, Ertz. It would be Ertz. Well, he's fourth. Yeah, I would take I would take Henry in this in this regard. Wow. I, I I wouldn't do that. I'd
0: still take what I've loved what I've seen from Zach Ertz, and I love the direction that Philadelphia's offense is going in. Just like we've seen it, you know.
2: I do have Henry third ahead of Zach Ertz, um, and really, like, I try not to make too big of deal out of age when it comes to dynasty rankings. I think it gets overplayed a little bit, but there's a four-year difference between Hunter Henry and Zach Ertz. Henry's just entering his prime, so I, I'd rather have, and I think there's a chance that he's better this year.
3: And he could be replaced.
2: Ertz? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if he gets replaced,
0: he just goes to a different Although he's team.
2: under contracts, under a pretty hefty, yeah. hefty contract the for NFL. That years. doesn't mean anything.
0: Yeah, well, sure. If they fall in love with Goddard, then they can just trade it, Ertz. Yeah. And Ertz can, it would be great for fantasy. Ertz would be on a different team where he's maybe gained tons of targets. Yeah. and It's not Goddard's always doing
3: it for Philly. Jimmy Graham wasn't so great when he got traded to Seattle. You know what you just said?
1: This is the NFL. It doesn't mean anything. I know you were sort of sarcastic there. Or not, not exactly literal. But I sort of agree. I mean, contracts don't mean that much, which is why you heard me make th- my defense of Derrick Henry. It's also why, you know, with the Deion Lewis contract, it's also why you're going to see me taking O.J. Howard. Um it, it is a pretty big contract for Cameron Brait. But teams use two tight ends. And
3: But you're talking I, about Howard for seasonal leagues, though. Yes, In I Dynasty, am. He's the yes. better of the two.
1: I, well, obviously. But, yes, I, I really feel like he still could have a big year. We'll see. I know people are rightfully scared, but again, I mean, I'm able to take him with basically my last pick. Sure, it's so. not a bad investment. Right, anyway, back to the guys. Big guy. Okay, big guy. Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, Hunter Henry, Zacherts, Evan Ingram, five. Trey Burton, six. This is the
2: controversy. This is where yeah. everybody disagrees. Well, who, who are people saying
0: it should be? Joku and Howard. I don't have a problem with this.
2: I I just and again this comes back to I don't think there's much chance that Joku or Howard are better than Burton over the next two years. Not Rudolph. No. Rudolph I've got, isn't. I've got Rudolph down the list. Look a, a little bit. He he. I do worry a little bit about how much Kirk Cousins spreads the ball around, and he's not as young as the rest of these guys.
0: I mean, yes. I just look at Rudolph as a touchdown dependent tight end. And I think Burton can be better than that. I think he can get the yardage
2: and the touch. He's gonna get a
3: ton of targets. So I don't have a problem where you have him ranked. Although Nagy talked up Adam Shaheen today too. He he did he should
2: have just not acquired Trey Burton then, so I could have loved Adam Shaheen
1: some more. Right. David Njoku is seventh behind Trey Burton, and then O. J. Howard is eighth. Yeah. I mean it's pretty that's a pretty nice top eight. After that it gets a little older. Greg Olson nine, Jimmy yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I like you know what I love Heath. You got you got. I mean, this is important. You got three Miami Hurricanes within four spots. You got Nijoku, then Howard, whatever. Then Clive Greg Alford. Olson, Greg Olson, and Jimmy Graham. I love it. It's good stuff.
3: No, Clive Walford. No,
1: Clive Walford. I
3: Clive
2: say. Walford did not make the top forty. Yeah. It was an oversight. I will get that Helen Winslow Godus
3: Jr. on the <laughs> site on his motorcycle.
1: All right, so yeah, so so Greg Olson ten and Jimmy Graham eleven after OJ how after Najoki hopefully OJ not how- a target. Kyle yeah. Rudolph twelve. I'm not really sure what's happening right now. I'm just going to keep reading. Heath, Heath, what would you like to talk about? Kyle Rudolph twelve. Jordan Reed thirteen.
2: Well, I think that Olson Graham Rudolph right there at the end, of the number one tight ends. Those are the guys that you don't know if they're going to be. And Rudolph's probably a little different. You don't know if Olson and Graham are going to be anything at all after this year. But you know that you can start them this year. After that, there is not a tight end left that I feel confident I'm going to be able to Well, there's one left, but he's really old.
1: I'm gonna do a Twitter poll. I want to see what people are thinking because I imagine Zach Ertz will win the Twitter poll, but uh I will do an Ertz versus Hunter Henry. You're starting a <laughs> dynasty league.
2: Throw Evan Ingram in there too.
1: Which tight end are you taking first? Yeah, yeah, let's I bet, talk about- I bet Ingram wins. Let's talk, let's expand on Evan Ingram, cause you could make the case for him above those guys, I mean it's, it's a case to be made. Um one thing he has though is possibly the last year with Eli Manning? Possibly.
2: So is, is that sh- a bad sh- thing? Maybe I should move him up.
1: I don't know if it's a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what were my three choices? Okay, so it's Hunter Henry, Zach Ertz. Zach is with a H or a Z? A. Okay. Zach with a Z. And Evan Ingram.
2: It's really, this is good.
1: Yeah, all right, let's see what people say. What's your long-term outlook for Evan Ingram?
2: I think he's going to be really good. I wish, like, he's kind of got a little bit of uh Derek Carr in him. I wish that he could catch the ball when it was cold outside. I hope that he gets better at that since he plays for the New York Giants. There's a little bit of concern with Beckham, Shepard, Ingram, and Barkley that he doesn't come anywhere close to 115 targets in the next few years. And he wasn't very efficient on a per target basis. He feels like a
3: bust. For more, this, for seasonally. Yeah. Dyn- Dynasty's a different story. He just feels, feels like everything was, was sort of in his favor last year because of everybody falling apart around him.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Evan Ingram. That, they do seem to really like him. Like hardworking guy, really cares, plays hard. Oh, blah, he's, blah, blah. he's
3: extremely talented. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I see really it differently. I, th- I think he's their number two receiver with,
3: Lots of touchdown potential. The touchdowns do have the chance to save him, but his targets are going to come way down. What did he have last year? 100, uh, 115. Yeah. Th- those are coming down. He, he's probably, look, I, I mean, I, I would say under 90 would be my guess. And with what Barkley's going to do, catch the ball at backfield, with Beckham back, I mean, that's the touchdown thing that could hurt him.
2: Well, we can go back to what we talked about with Hunter Henry because Evan Ingram had as many targets last year as Hunter Henry has in two years. His numbers last year weren't any close to, anywhere close to those numbers we talked about with Henry over 115 targets.
1: So wait, say that again, Heath.
2: Oh, Hunter, Hunter Henry on 115 targets has 81 Four for 1057 and 12 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Ingram had 64 for 722 and six. That's a big yeah. difference.
1: Yeah. Now Henry was in his second year or third year. Second year. Right? Henry's right. played two years. So, yeah, and Ingram was obviously in his first. So. If you are concerned about the combo of Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, not in that order, um, they're going to be around probably for more than one year. Maybe they get rid of Beckham, but I think it's more likely they sign him to a long-term deal. So it's you know it's not just a this year issue for Evan Ingram, right?
2: Right, but again, we're really picking nits here. Is that the right way to say that? Yes. I get what you're Yes. Doing. Yeah.
1: Um
2: he's the number five tight end, and he's closer to Zach Ertz than he is to Trey Burton. Right. So I I'm not actually that worried about him. I just can't put him in the group of the first four.
1: Okay. All right, so then after uh we go down the list to the Jimmy Grant Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham covered Rudolph, Jordan Reed is thirteen, Tyler Eifert fourteen, George Kittle fifteen. Uh Jordan Reed, Tyler Eifert, George Kittle.
3: Yeah. I hope it's a. This is the hope tier. None of the rookies here, huh?
2: Not, not in the rookies not yet. Yeah, right. Uh, they are, they are in the very next grouping. And the funny thing is, you're a big Hayden Hurst guy, right? I he is my number one rookie tight end at 16.
1: Lamar Jackson to Hayden Hurst, 2000. It's going to be exciting. Could be.
3: Yeah, I just For took like him to Adam on our. I, I didn't consult you again. I'm sorry, but in the <laughs> third round of our dynasty draft. I took uh, Hayden Hurst.
2: He sniped me because I was two picks away, and I wanted
3: him. I was actually surprised you didn't take him in the second round. Yeah. I I liked your pick of Tremaine Edmonds, but I was surprised you did not take Hayden. Well, I
2: have Hunter Henry, so that was one of the
3: reasons. I have Trey (laughs) Burton. Still taking
1: value where value is there. Yeah. By the way, this is a rookie-only draft. He didn't take Hayden Hurst in the third round of a dynasty startup draft. That would
2: be like taking Julian Edelman.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hayden Hurst, 90 catches this year. Um, uh, on the Ravens, maybe. So Hurst is seven, is sixteenth, and then Mike Gasicki is seventeenth for the Dolphins, and then it's Delaney Walker. Uh, yeah. So, so guys, what do you think about Hurst Gasicki back to back, sixteen and seventeen?
3: It's interesting that you downgrade Walker as much as you have, and yeah. not compare it like where, where Olsen may only have one more year.
2: Well, he, he, signed a, he
3: signed a two-year extension. That doesn't matter.
2: It, it matters a little bit.
3: <laughs> Jason Witten just abruptly retired because he got a good TV gig, and that's what the thought was with Greg Olson.
2: That's that's true. I thought that Delaney Walker looked a lot older last year. I thought they'd
0: move on from him this year. Here's the funny thing. They've got Jonu Smith. Here, I here, thought
3: that's where they'd go. Here's the funny thing, because you talked about this with Richard Matthews. We, we rushed Corey Davis up the totem pole last year, and who were their top two receivers for the second season in a row? Yeah. Shar Matthews and Delaney Walker there's just something about those guys like you can't get away from them as Marcus Mariota and I think just as their their production again it's not sexy it's not exciting it's not something that's gonna you know probably put you over the top but Delaney Walker is not going to hurt you and yes he probably is a step slower but he still might have two or three more years compared to Olson he, he might and I, they drafted a they drafted Olson's replacement too it might be better who is better than John Smith I Ian don't know Thomas, if he's better than John Ian Smith. Ian Thomas is better than John Smith. John Smith's pretty good. Ian Thomas is pretty good too.
1: Okay, who else do uh, you want to talk about here as we wrap it up, Heath? You uh, wanted to
3: talk about Jack Doyle I, I do. at
2: 25,
1: right? Yeah, Jack Doyle 25th 20, and Eric Ebron is 19th. Wow.
2: I, I don't think the Colts actually think that Jack Doyle is a good pass catching tight end. They just... He's, he's an H-back. I think that's how he came into
0: the league. And I think over the past couple of seasons, they've realized that he's a good short area target.
3: He's a reliable set of
2: hands.
0: We haven't really seen him catch
3: full season healthy with Andrew Luck.
2: We haven't, but then they went out and got Eric Ebron, who I think is better. Yeah, but I think they're going to use a better Ebron. Luck,
0: they're using Ebron as the mismatch tight end in the slot type thing.
3: They're I mean, looking it, for it, it could be that, you know, in, in just going back to Luck's best season in 2014, where Ebron could be fleener. And Doyle is more of Dwayne Allen. I mean it's But I think it, Doyle's a much better receiver than Dwayne Allen.
2: He's really kind of like like last year was kind of like Jarvis Landry of tight ends. Not really the touchdowns you expect for a tight end. Eight point six yards per reception, which is right at his career average. Yeah, but
3: he it's just not without Andrew Luck, though.
2: Well, but he's like his it's at his career average
3: though. He barely played though with Luck. Yeah, he was at
1: 9.9 yards per catch in 2016, Jack Doyle, and he catches like 80% of his targets. Well,
2: that's easy when they're only throwing at three feet.
1: It's fine, but still, I mean, he's a reliable pass catcher. He's catching 80% of his targets. Uh He, and, and, he was second catch And tie in the
3: PPR draft, you drafted him as your starter, if I'm not mistaken, right? Adam. Me,
1: yeah, I think I took Doyle and O.J. Howard, which means I probably have two studs, so look out, world. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, Doyle may have good week one and two matchups.
1: I have no idea. You're streaming tight ends. I don't know. I mean, I'll have to. I'll have to figure out what to do with them in week 16 in the championship.
0: Doyle's got Cincinnati in week one with Jacoby Brissett as his quarterback.
1: One of them's probably a, a flex for me. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm
0: surprised. I'm surprised you've got George Kittle a little lower. With all the excitement about Garoppolo and how he featured his tight ends last year, and Kittle's the youngest guy in San Francisco, I thought maybe he'd be a little higher up in the dynasty rankings.
2: Yeah, I I thought about it. I could move him as high as I mean, I've got him 14. I could move him. I I don't think I'd move him ahead of that olsen Graham Rudolph tier that I know are going to be starters. That, Olson
0: and Graham. Well, Olsen for sure. I don't think you can do
2: Graham. I don't think
0: you can do either, just because of the hope that he puts together a couple of good years with Aaron Rodgers.
2: The the thing is, the two guys that are between that tier and Kittle are Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert, and they could both be like not playing football again or. Right. Top three tight ends next year.
3: I'm just surprised at the the rookies that you have. That I know you're a big Hurst fan, but you know if if Gasecki plays to the level that he could.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Gasecki one of those receiver and a tight end body
2: type guys. He, he may be the Jarvis Landry replacement, along with Albert Wilson and Daniel Adola. Good. And Dallas I like Goddard his landing is, spot.
1: Dallas Goddard's 23rd. Any other rookie tight ends worth pointing out?
2: I don't really think so. I mean, Mark Andrews. There are some people who think he's actually the better pass catcher between him and Hayden Hurst.
3: He's twenty fourth. He's younger than Hurst. He he is younger than Hurst. And no Jordan Akins. Huh?
2: Jordan Akins is on the list somewhere. He's like thirty. <laughs> he's twenty six. <laughs>
1: he's oh, you were talking about his age, not where he's ranked. He's forty second in your in your rankings. Yeah, I'm not that interested. Jordan wow. Akins for the Texans. That's, wow. Thank you guys. I'm surprised there
0: are even 47 tight ends right that
1: much, that far.
2: Well, I added him just so that you would be happy that he was on there. Who's, who's 41st? I'm just curious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Vernon Davis. The young Vernon <laughs> oh, Davis. Oh, gotta take Akins ahead of Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis is like 55 years old.
1: So. He's
2: always two years older than
1: Akins? Uh, yeah. Go, <laughs> gotta take him. Let's go to the emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Uh, Joey C. from Las Vegas. Oh, this is relevant. He wants us to rate these potential sleepers on a 1 to 10 scale. 1 to 10 on potential every week starter.
3: George Kittle. Five. I'll give him a six. He's a tight end. The confidence of starting him? Is that the?
1: Every week. The chances yeah, that he yeah. becomes an every
3: week starter is Oh. Much. Um, yeah, I'll say six.
1: Hunter Henry.
2: A a bazillion.
0: Yeah,
1: Will Fuller. Six, five. Kind of low, Heath.
2: Yeah, I mean every week starter at wide receiver, the bar is a lot higher than it is for tight ends. Were you ever comfortable? This is for
0: everybody listening. Were you ever comfortable starting Will Fuller last year? I think the game before he got hurt. Watson, comma <laughs> Deshaun, yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean knowing what we know, but now, it took you a
0: little while. Like no, it
3: took two or three games. No, it took after fun. one game we weren't heading as a number to three the, receiver during the bye weeks. Absolutely.
1: But we were like so high. Will Fuller can't well, do this. Well, he was
2: Deshaun only played for one of the bye weeks. He's <laughs> weeks two through five, right? Or two through six? Something like
0: that. I think he played through week seven.
1: All right, two more Joey sleepers. Doug Martin. What's... Uh,
0: one, to yeah, one to ten? Yeah, one to ten. Negative fifty? <laughs> That's a one, Joey. Yeah, I'll give him a
1: one. Marquise Goodwin. Five, six, seven. Oh, okay. Dustin from Cincinnati. Dear Hoffman, Johnson, Pedroia, and Lynch. Dustin. They're Dustin's, probably all from Cincinnati. We know there is a clear-cut number one rookie running back in Dynasty Leagues with Saquon. So if you don't have a shot at Saquon, and then he keeps saying Quan every time I say Saquon, who are you targeting at number two through five? Who are your top five rookie running backs? P.S. Anytime someone says Saquon around my father-in-law, he responds with Quan, which is a dad joke, to be sure. Uh, He must
2: be a thrill at parties. Is this a Dynasty question or a redraft question?
1: It's a Dynasty League question.
2: It's a rookie-only draft? So a rookie-only draft. I would say that for me, I'm not taking a wide receiver. I'm not taking anything but a running back in the first seven or eight picks.
3: Agreed. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's uh, Guys 2, Jones 3. Uh, Penny? I'm sorry. Penny 2, guys 3. Penny 2, Jones 3. No, Geist 3 for you. Penny 2, guys 3, Jones 4, <laughs> and Sonny Michelle 5.
2: I will go Guy uh, Geis, Penny, Freeman, Michelle, Jones, Geis, Penny,
0: Michelle.
3: So I asked um, just while we're on this topic uh, to see like what people would give up Saquon Barkley for. So Will Brinson, in every draft we've done since the NFL draft, has taken Darius Geis, and so I asked him because he in our dynasty draft had the first pick and took Barkley. So I asked him what would it, what would it take if you're guaranteed Geis. Any picks or any player, and so the owner who took, um, who took uh Geis in our dynasty league has both Travis Kelsey and Evan Ingram. So I said, would you take either of those tight ends and Geis for Barkley? And he said, yes. I think that's something you almost have to do. Yep. I said, would you take? I forget whether maybe Alan Robinson and and Geis for Barkley. He said, no. So, like Dave, for you, like what kind of player would it take to get Jones and whoever to give up Barkley? Like what level?
0: If meaning I
3: have Barkley? You're getting the, I don't
0: want to give up Barkley.
3: But you like Jones as your second best That's guy. That's great. I can like Jones all I want. Yeah, but if he's a second first guy. round so, running back so who's somebody, the guy wants, seven years. If somebody wants to get out of Le'Veon Bell to get Barkley, you wouldn't take Bell? Bell plus. Bell and Jones. Yeah, that might that might get me thinking about it. You wouldn't do that?
2: Yeah, I'd take Bell straight up for him. You would take Le'Veon Bell straight up I for Saquon Barkley in a
1: dynasty league?
2: In a dynasty league, I I couldn't do that. So he's your number one running back. In like dynasty. I have Le'Veon who on is my your team number, in our dynasty. Is, league. Barkley would be your number one running back in dynasty. Yeah, I
0: would have to make Not like early. I figure I'd have to give up something with Le'Veon Bell. To I even talked about it with Will, who had the top pick. And he said, "Yeah, I wouldn't take." Who'd be your number one overall pick in, in a
2: dynasty league? Barkley. Barkley would be my number one overall. Not player. rookie draft. Just any, dy- like a dynasty startup.
3: Well, you're obviously taking him over Levion, so.
0: Yeah, I would take him over Levion. I, I think I would probably pull the trigger on that.
3: So over Gurley. Over Gurley. Wow. Yeah, I've got, I know, a, I've I've, got him I fifth him.
2: at running back behind. Well, we'll talk about running backs in a couple weeks.
1: That's right. Alex from Northwest Burbs of Chicago.
0: Northwest Burbs. Uh, that's kind of, uh, Libertyville ish.
1: Okay, Libertyville. Ten-team standard, keeper, no penalty, keep one. Kelsey, Thielen, Gordon, Derrick Henry. Ten-team standard, Kelsey, Thielen, Gordon, Henry. Kelsey. Kel- uh, Henry? I-
3: In a ten-team league, you get one of those stud tight ends. It's so, so beneficial.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't think I'd take Kelsey over Gordon, though.
3: Is Melvin or Josh? Josh Gordon.
1: Oh, yes. i be. My bad. Yeah, you're bad. I'm not taking the blame for that. All right, so Kelsey's the pick.
0: Kelsey's the pick.
1: Dan from a beach town in North Carolina. Carolina Beach. Oh, he has help for the listener who didn't know how to set up his draft board with all the trades. It's quite easy with the CBS draft kit, says Dan from a beach town in North Carolina. I have included a picture of our draft board, which nobody else can see. 12-team, three-keeper. Basically, you just write the owner's name in the box of the pick they have traded for. Then the sticker for that player goes on the very bottom of the board, since CBS provides twenty-four round boards under the owners' row. We list our keepers on the bottom of each. Yeah, so that's it. So basically, that's a smart move. So you do it by, you know, by by draft spot. You know what I'm saying? I think. And then you write the write the name of the. Uh, forget it. Just listen to what I. I just I'm glad read. we got this
2: email in for clarification. I'm sure it really <laughs> helped that owner. It does
1: help. You you write the name of the of the owner who's picking. In the spot, and then you put the sticker for the player he underneath. Sure a picture, Adam. Underneath. All right, here's an email from Michael. Uh, he's in a ten-team half PPR league. Each team gets two keepers in the round they were drafted the year before, and a player can be kept the following year for half of the previous round. So in year one, you pick, you get a twelfth round keeper, and year two, a sixth round keeper. That's how it works. Um, don't know what our draft position yet, so keep two in a 10-team half PPR league. Le'Veon Bell in round one, Todd Gurley in round two, Dalvin Cook in round four, Michael Thomas in round six, Alvin Kamara in round 12, and Derrick Henry in round 12. Wawa wow, wewa.
0: It's Gurley and Kamara.
2: Kamara and Thomas.
0: Yeah, but then if you keep Thomas, you get him for a third next year, which should be fine. And then he'd be a first round pick two years from now when Alvin Kamara could be 12 divided by two. I is said, six. I said, six I said Kamara. Two is he said Kamara well, no. and Thomas. Kamara and Thomas. All right. So whereas Gurley is only a keeper for this year.
1: Jamie, Kamara and who? I'm still, I'm sticking with my running
0: back. Give me the choices again. Levy for a first round pick. Gurley for a second. Who you could keep for a first next year. Dalvin Cook for a fourth. You're not going to pick him. Michael Thomas round six. Alvin Kamara round 12. Derek Henry around 12. Choose two.
1: Half PPR.
3: Uh, Kamara and Henry.
1: Oh, you're going late. Kamara and Henry.
3: I'm always gonna take value.
1: They're all good value, except for on Alright. See you later, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. We will talk to you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Goodbye. Na, 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 na.